0: Faith, Hope and Love, Good Friday, the
1: commemoration of the Passion of the Lord.
0: Remember your mercies, O Lord, and with your eternal protection, sanctify your servants, for whom Christ your Son, by the shedding of his blood, established the paschal mystery, who lives and reigns for ever and ever. Amen.
2: A reading from the Book of the Prophet Isaiah See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be exalted and lifted up, and shall be very high. Just as there were many who were astonished at him, so marred was his appearance, beyond human semblance, and his form beyond that of the sons of man. So he shall startle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which had not been told them, they shall see, and that which they had not heard, they shall contemplate. Who has believed? What we have heard, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before the Lord like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hid their faces, he was despised, and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each has turned to their own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By a perversion of justice he was taken away. Who could have imagined his future? For he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and his tomb with the rich although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain. When you make his life an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring and shall prolong his days. Through him the will of the Lord shall prosper. Out of his anguish he shall see light. He shall find satisfaction through his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will allot him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The Word of the Lord
3: Father, I put my life in your hands. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice
0: set me free. Into your hands I commend my spirit. It is you who
3: will redeem me, Lord. In the face of all my foes, I am a reproach. An object of scorn to my neighbours and of fear to my friends, those who see me in the street, run
0: far away from me, I am like the dead, forgotten by all,
3: like a thing thrown away, but as for me, I trust in you Lord, I say, you are my God, my life is in your hands, deliver me from the hands of those who hate me. Let your face shine on your servant, save me in your love. Be strong, let your heart take courage, all who hope in the Lord. Father, I put my life in your hands.
2: A reading from the Letter to the Hebrews Brothers and sisters, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. The Word
1: of the Lord Glory and
3: praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ became obedient for us, even to death,
0: dying on the cross. Therefore God raised him on
3: high and gave him a name above all other names. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. After they had eaten the supper, Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers, together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas who betrayed him was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the father has given me? So the soldiers, their officer and the Jewish police, arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. They replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he would die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, "'Summoned Jesus and asked him, "'Are you the king of the Jews?' "'Jesus answered, "'Do you ask this on your own, "'or did others tell you about me?' "'Pilate replied, "'I am not a Jew, am I? "'Your own nation and the chief priests "'have handed you over to me. "'What have you done?' "'Jesus answered, "'My kingdom is not from this world.' what is truth? After he had said this, Pilate went out to the Jews against him and told them, I find no case against him. But you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a bandit. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they struck him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you, to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. They answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Every one who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. Pilate said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then Pilate handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the people read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests and the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, The King of the Jews, but, This man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfil what the scripture says, They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And this is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus, were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up
3: his spirit.
0: Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because the Sabbath was a great day of solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified, so that you also may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage of scripture says, They will look on the one whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred weight. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been buried. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. with so much suffering violence and hatred in the world we can clearly see christ crucified and suffering in the faces of all who hold out for good for the building blocks of the kingdom people who keep acting to heal to build and to foster understanding dignity and peace often at the ultimate cost of their own lives or own livelihood The cross of Christ is God's wordless declaration of this. I give you my whole heart. I give you my very self. I have held nothing back from you. Christ invites us to join him in doing the same, by the words we use, in our actions, in our priorities, in our attitudes. Christ gives of himself for us. He gives every last drop. As we remember our Lord's suffering and death, we see that Jesus is the visible expression of God's love, which is deeper and more heartfelt than anyone could ever fathom. Christ is the visible expression of God's mercy, God's compassion and kindness, and the visible expression of God's values. God's values are beautifully different from what the world often considers the highest of values. Christ shows us that God is love, complete, self-sacrificing love and mercy, especially in the form of service. Christ is utter self-emptying love and service for all. Our Lord gave the very last drop of his blood, literally, out of love and service for all others. There's a huge irony in the revelation of Christ's cross. Here, in the cross, is true victory, true power and glory. That is. Because he stood up in faithfulness for all that was essential, all that was life-giving. Even in the face of the threat and the actual realisation of suffering and death, he never gave up, he never sold out on what mattered, no matter what the cost, and the cost was huge. And also, true defeat would be actually avoiding hardship, letting go of what matters to protect one's own personal welfare. True failure is lashing out in hatred and anger because others are giving us that in like, and trying to dominate others or obtain fleeting results. Through Christ's suffering and death, we are saved, we are freed, we are forgiven, and we're given hope to endure all the many little deaths and trials and suffering of this world. For God has the final say in everything, and it's a word of hope. word of love and faithfulness. In just a short while in this same ceremony, we'll have a time of adoration of the wood of the Holy Cross, as we individually come forward and show our own personal and varied signs of reverence and veneration of this cross of Christ. Whether it's a profound and reverent bow, a gentle touch, a momentary pause in stillness and silence, it's always a deeply moving, personal and beautiful part of this liturgy of Good Friday. As we come forward and reverence the cross of our Lord, we join our lives and our struggles to Christ's suffering, and he joins himself to us. We nail to the cross of Christ, as it were, spiritually, all our sins, all our trials, our temptations, our failings, our doubts, our pride, our selfishness, our lack of compassion, our failure to love, our illness, our worries, all our thwarted priorities and desires. Christ calling out, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Gives voice to God's presence for everyone throughout history who has ever suffered hardship and rejection and violence or illness or injustice, war, disaster and so much more. Just as any person throughout history has called out to the Father in heaven, where are you, Lord, in this time of terrible suffering? Jesus takes that call upon his own lips in solidarity with us. Christ has entered into all of this, and he assures us that God is right there with us. The Lord really cares, and more than cares, he suffers along with us, and he lifts us all up. We are always united deeply in God's love and faithfulness. Even when things are at their worst and seeming at their most hopeless, Christ is with us. Our Lord offers us a radically different definition of power, victory, dominion and success. It stands in direct contrast with the wider world's standard definition of such words. We do wonder often, when will the wider world... Realise this beautiful message of Christ, the things that make for true and lasting peace, the things that last beyond this life into the kingdom of God, peace, service, love. Christ's definition of victory, glory and power evoked scorn and derision from those who opposed him. And this is just the same today. Just try and tell the superpowers that true power is revealed in weakness. And vulnerability. If we weren't laughed at, it would be at least a cause of reaction or fear. The truth is, we are all vulnerable. We're all limited. We all have weaknesses deep down. This is at the heart of Jesus' message. He's only saying what is profoundly true. That all who try to deal with their vulnerability by using force and domination, fear, oppression, hatred, or violence... They're seeming to act somewhat effectively or forcefully for a time. They may even go through their whole lives appearing to show that no one is stronger than they are and that they are in charge of everything to do with themselves and their environment. But underneath, they're still vulnerable, still flawed, still ever vigilant against surprise assailants because they're not and cannot be inherently secure. Because they base their lives and their values on things that ultimately do not last, things that are not fundamentally true. Jesus warned us that power and oppressive tactics are very seductive options. He faced the temptation to use force to do good and rejected it utterly, knowing that in the end force is a lie that must be resisted. He shows us that if people see through this lie of force, violence and threat, it loses all its power to make anyone do anything out of fear. Many people throughout history, after the example of Christ, have peacefully resisted and have learned and shown this message, not without the shadow of the cross, although they've experienced the cross very deeply, and suffering that goes with it, but they show the weakness of violence and hatred. Jesus stood entirely unarmed and without armour, Our Lord stood before the world with the truth of his relationship with his Father. He stood there alone on the validity of his good news message, confirming the absolute power of love, of graciousness and forgiveness, of inclusion and peace. He stood by that right to the end and beyond. And it proved to be utterly authentic. And it saves us all. Jesus showed that power is always actually a relationship. That true leadership is about service and sacrifice, not self-interest. And that the true community must be about including all others, not segregating or separating, not scapegoating or silencing minority voices out of fear. When it comes time to venerate the cross, each of us is invited to pray quietly to God, who is in that secret place of our heart. Let us ponder on what we're nailing to the cross as we come forward today. For Christ died to save us, to include us individually and as a group, to show us God's mercy and that God is
1: always faithful, even in our darkest hour. The Solemn Intercessions For the Holy Church Let us pray dearly, beloved, for the Holy Church of God,
0: that our God and Lord be pleased to give her peace, to guard her and to unite her throughout the whole world, and grant that leading our life in tranquility and quiet, we may glorify God the Father Almighty. Almighty ever-living God, who in Christ revealed your glory to all the nations, watch over the works of your mercy, that your Church, spread throughout all the world, may persevere with steadfast faith in confessing your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. For the Pope. Let us pray also for our Most Holy Father, Pope Francis, that our God and Lord, who chose him for the order of bishops, may keep him safe and unharmed for the Lord's Holy Church to govern the holy people of God. Almighty, ever-living God, by whose decree all things are founded, Look with favour on our prayers and in your kindness protect the Pope chosen for us that under him the Christian people governed by you their maker may grow in merit by reason of their faith. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. For all orders and degrees of the faithful. Let us pray also for our Bishop Mark for all
1: bishops priests and deacons of the Church, and for the whole of the faithful people. Almighty ever-living God, by whose Spirit the whole body of the
0: Church is sanctified and governed, hear our humble prayer for your ministers, that by the gift of your grace all may serve you faithfully. Through
1: Christ our Lord. Amen. For Catechumens, let us pray also for our
0: catechumens, that our God and Lord may open wide the ears of their inmost hearts and unlock the gates of His mercy, that having received forgiveness for all their sins through the waters of rebirth, they too may be one with Christ Jesus our Lord. Almighty ever-living God, who make your church ever-fruitful with new offspring, increase the faith and understanding of our catechumens, that reborn in the font of baptism they may be added to the number of your adopted children. Through Christ our Lord.
1: Amen. For the unity of Christians Let us pray also for our brothers and sisters who believe in Christ,
0: that our God and Lord may be pleased as they live the truth to gather them together and keep them in his one church. Almighty ever-living God, who gather what is scattered and keep together what you have gathered, look kindly on the flock of your Son, that those whom one baptism has consecrated may be joined together by integrity of faith and united in the bond of charity.
1: Through Christ our Lord. Amen. For the Jewish people.
0: Let us pray also for the Jewish people, to whom the Lord our God spoke first,
1: that he may grant them to advance in love of his name and in faithfulness to his covenant. Almighty, ever-living God, who bestowed your promises
0: on Abraham and his descendants, hear graciously the prayers of your church, that the people you first made your own may attain the fullness of
1: redemption. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. For those who do not believe in Christ. Let us pray also for those who do
0: not believe in Christ, that enlightened by the Holy Spirit, they too may enter
1: on the way of salvation. Almighty ever-living God, grant to those who do not confess Christ, that by walking before
0: you with a sincere heart, they may find the truth, and that we ourselves, being constant in mutual love, and striving to understand more fully the mystery of your life, may be made more perfect witnesses to your love in the world.
1: Through Christ our Lord. Amen. For those who do not believe in God. Let us pray also for those who do not acknowledge God, that following what is right in sincerity of heart, they may find the way to God himself. Almighty ever-living God,
0: who created all people to seek you always by desiring you and by finding you come to rest, grant, we pray, that despite every harmful obstacle, all may recognize the signs of your fatherly love and the witness of the good works done by those who believe in you. And so in gladness confess you, the one true God and Father of our human
1: race. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. For those in public office. Let us pray also for those in
0: public office, that our God and Lord may direct their minds and hearts
1: according to his will, for the true peace and freedom of all. Almighty ever-living God, in whose hand lies every human heart
0: and the rights of peoples, look with favour, we pray, on those who govern with authority over us, that through the whole world the prosperity of peoples, the assurance of peace and freedom of religion
1: may through your gift be made secure. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. For those in tribulation
0: Let us pray dearly, beloved, to God the Father Almighty that he may cleanse the world of all errors, banish disease, drive out hunger, unlock prisons, loosen fetters, granting to travellers safety, to pilgrims return,
1: health to the sick and salvation to the dying. Almighty and ever-living God, comfort of mourners and strength of all who toil,
0: May the prayers of those who cry out in any tribulation come before you, that all may rejoice, because in their hour
1: of need, your mercy was at hand. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We now take time to meditate and venerate the wood of the cross. The adoration of the holy cross
3: Behold, behold the wood of the cross on which is hung our salvation O come let us adore
1: behold
3: behold the wood of the cross on which is hung our salvation o come let us adore behold behold THE WOOD OF THE CROSS ON WHICH IS HUNG OUR SALVATION O COME, LET US ADORE I scourged Egypt for your sake,
0: with its firstborn sons, and you scourged me and handed me over, my people what have I done to you, or how have I grieved you, answer me, I led you out from Egypt, as Pharaoh lay sunk in the Red Sea, and you handed me over to the chief priests, my people what have I done to you, or how have I grieved you, Answer me, I opened up the sea before you, and you opened my side with a lance. My people, what have I done to you, or how have I grieved you? Answer me, I went before you in a pillar of cloud, and you led me into Pilate's palace. My people, what have I done to you, or how have I grieved you? Answer me. I fed you with manna in the desert, and on me you rained blows and lashes. My people, what have I done to you, or how have I grieved you? Answer me. I gave you saving water from the rock to drink, and for drink you gave me gall and vinegar. My people, what have I done to you, or how have I grieved you? Answer me. I struck down for you the kings of the Canaanites, and you struck my head with a reed. My people, what have I done to you, or how have I grieved you? Answer me. I put in your hand a royal scepter, and you put on my head a crown of thorns. My people, what have I done to you, or how have I grieved you? Answer me. I exalted you with great power, and you hung me on the scaffold of the cross. My people, what have I done to you? Or how have I
1: grieved you? Answer me. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father,
0: who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now
1: and forever. Amen.
0: May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. The Body of Christ Here is a prayer for spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you in my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you After this final prayer and blessing, we'll all go into a time of silence and waiting and reflection until we gather spiritually and in prayer at the Holy Saturday Night Vigil.
3: Let us pray. Almighty,
0: ever living God, who have restored us to life by the blessed death and resurrection of your Christ, preserve in us the work of your mercy. That by partaking of this mystery we may have a life unceasingly devoted to you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. May abundant blessing, O Lord, we pray, descend upon your people who have honored the death of your Son in the hope of their resurrection. May pardon come, comfort be given, holy faith increase, and everlasting redemption be made secure. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.